0: Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship together at Faith Community United Methodist Church. It's good to be with you this morning. I'd ask you to find the attendance pads that are in the pews. Those out, pass them along to others that are worshiping beside you this morning, uh, so that we have a record of your presence here in worship with us. And uh, as you do that, I would uh, invite you to look over the announcements that are in your bulletin. We uh, today is Communion Sunday, and uh, as we have been doing uh, ever since we came back from from the shutdown, we've been using these uh, prepackaged communion kits. There's a sheer clear plastic on the top that holds the, the thin piece of bread in there, and so you'll want to take that off first when it comes time to take the bread, and then uh, the other seal is for the juice, and, and we will take that uh, next. so uh, if you didn't grab one of these on your way in, they are out in the narthex, and you can just go out and grab one so that you have it uh, for when we come to our time of communion at the end of the service. We have our charge conference, our church conference excuse me church conference coming up on November eighteenth at six thirty. All of the members of the church are invited to that and have a voice and a vote at that meeting, and uh, that's just our annual church meeting, so uh, note that on your calendar. There are a couple of ways that we can be uh, in, in mission uh, to the, the people around us uh, for the, the upcoming holidays. Uh, we have in our bulletin the our Thanksgiving challenge. We're going to Uh, provide uh, all the items that are needed for a bountiful Thanksgiving meal for families in need in our community through the Fish Food Pantry. So you have uh, the announcement there about items that you can bring in uh, or donations that you can make for Fish Food Pantry for that. Those uh, need to be collected by next Sunday, so uh, make sure that you take note of that. And then we have our St. Paul Christmas tree out in the narthex. You saw that as you came in Uh, And uh, we're not trying to rush Christmas here, but we do need to get those gifts in uh, before the start of Advent so that the kids have an opportunity to go shopping uh, for for their family members. And so there are items on that tree that you can take with you uh, to know what you are shopping for. Uh, There are lists of suggestions next to the tree if you need some ideas about what to buy. And uh, bring those in by November 28th so that the kids at St. Paul's uh, can do their Christmas shopping for their families. Uh, finally, I just want to mention that we are going to be making some, uh, some very brief videos to put online on Facebook and other social media uh, throughout the season of Advent, and we're going to start recording those today. So uh, if you want to be in a, an online video, for, and it's just really brief, just questions about your favorite uh, Christmas uh, things, traditions, and movies, and things like that. Um, we're going to be recording in the library in between services and after the second service today. So if you want to be a part of that, just go down to the library after the service. Uh, there's also going to be people just trying to grab people to do that. So if somebody grabs you and says, hey, come on down to the library with me, that's what it's about. So I uh, hope that you'll, you'll participate in that, uh, just uh, helping us get the word out about the church, things that are, that are going on around here. We are here this morning to uh, worship and praise our God. And so I invite you in that, into an attitude of worship And I invite you to stand as you
1: are able for the call to worship. Please join with me in the call to worship. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Praise God among the communion of saints.
0: Let the people of God rejoice in their creator. Let them praise
1: the Lord with dance. And celebrate with musical instruments. Because the Lord delights in them and adorns the sparing with welfare let all the saints jump for joy let them cry out with gladness where they rest praise, praise the, the lord. lord now please join with us in the opening hymn for all the saints Please be seated and join with me in the opening prayer. O living God of past and future, we praise you for this present moment. Fill us with your joy and empower us with your Holy Spirit, that our strength may be renewed to sing a new song of your glory in a world which longs for your justice and peace. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, in whom we become Your new creation. Amen.
0: Please join with me in our prayer hymn, which is Faith of Our Fathers, found in the hymnal at number 710. All Saints Sunday, a time for us to uh, remember and celebrate those saints of this church, uh, particularly those who have gone on to glory during this past year. And so we lift up these names and light a candle and toll a bell in their honor this morning. Lord, we remember and we give thanks to you for these, your saints, Raymond Foster. Rosella Dawkins. John Thompson. Betty Merrill. Mildred Whetstone. Sandra Smith Clamp, Lorraine Crawford, Sylvia McDuff. Mary Pickering, Dorothy Montgomery, James Kennedy, Jane Keller. Betty Anderson. Lord, we thank you for these saints. We thank you for their life for their love, for the example that they set for family and friend alike, for the role that they played within this church and within your universal church, and for the place that they share now in your eternal church as they dwell with you in the light of your glory. We thank you, Lord. We pray that your perpetual light will shine upon each of them, And we pray that each of us, as we remember them, as we celebrate them, will live lives worthy of the example that they have set, and worthy of the calling that you have placed upon each one of us. May we honor you, not just with our worship and our words, but with our lives. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we may truly live as your people. We pray for your blessing upon this community in which we live, especially those who are hurting, those who are suffering, those who are going without. We pray, Lord, that you will provide for all of their needs. And wherever we can be an answer to that prayer, Lord, move within us so that we can indeed reach out with your love and concern for all people. Lord, we pray for this broken and hurting world, We pray that you will protect those who are in danger. You will strengthen those who are seeking to do your will. We pray for the peacemakers and that we may be numbered among them. Lord, for all of this, we offer our worship and our prayers in the name of your Son who came to show us the way and to be our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. As we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite the ushers forward to pass the plates as we present ourselves to God through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Holy God, cheerfully and joyously, we lift up these offerings to you. You have poured out your generosity upon us without restraint. Thank you for our being able to make a difference in the church and in the world by the offering of our time, talent, gifts, and service. We pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated.
1: Our scripture lesson comes from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you, just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. So it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epiphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: When I think about uh, honoring the saints in my life, I I immediately go to my maternal grandparents. I knew them as grandmother and granddaddy. Their names were John and Laura C. To be more precise, my grandfather's full name was the Reverend Dr. John Wesley C. And he lived up to every bit of that name. When I was a, a kid, there wasn't anybody I looked up to more than granddaddy. I remember walking into a restaurant across the street from the church that we went to and and the host saying, hello, Dr. C, with an air of admiration and respect. And I thought, wow, that's cool. I didn't have any idea how this guy knew my grandfather. I, I just knew that it seemed like everywhere we went, people knew him and loved him and respected him. That was the big thing for me, the respect that everyone had for him. The first time that I experienced a call to ministry, I was in early elementary school. The teacher was asking the kids what we wanted to be when we grew up. I've since learned that the reason that adults are always asking children that question is they're looking for good ideas. Anyway, the the first thought that that popped into my mind was I want to be a minister. I had never thought that before. The idea just suddenly came to my mind But then just as suddenly, my next thought was, no, I just want to be like granddaddy. I don't have any idea how I answered the question that day. I know that I didn't say that I wanted to be a minister because I didn't think that I ever could be like granddaddy. Granddaddy was a saint. And I mean by that any connotation that you can give to that word saint. He's been deceased now for, I I think, about 18 years, I don't remember the exact year that he died, but I do remember that he got to meet Nathan as a baby, and Nathan is about to turn 19. So for about 18 years now, he's been a part of that great cloud of witnesses in heaven. But he was among the communion of saints long before that. He was already a saint when I knew him as a kid, and he had been one for a long time, even before I was born. It's not that he did anything especially grand or outstanding, although he did have his moments. I'm told that he was the chair of the Conference Board of Trustees at the time of the 1968 merger that created the United Methodist Church, and that his signature is on the original documents establishing the West Ohio Conference as a legal entity. That's pretty cool. And he was the lead pastor of what was one of the largest congregations in the conference. And then after retirement, he went on to be the administrator and chaplain of a large Methodist retirement home. That's impressive, too. But those aren't the things that made him a saint. I think of him as a saint because of the dignity with which he carried himself. I think of him as a saint because of the integrity in which he lived his life. I think of him as a saint because of the love that he showed to everyone. When I remember the admiration and the respect that everyone showed to him, I also remember that he showed that same admiration and respect to them. That's what made him a saint. The fact that he lived according to his faith in Jesus Christ without fail. Today we read the names of 13 saints from this congregation that have passed on to glory in this past year. I wish I could speak about each one of them the same way that I speak about my grandfather. The fact is, most of them I didn't know well, and only at the end of their lives. But each one of them is just as much of a saint, as many of you who knew them well can attest. And just as with my grandfather, it's not because of grand accomplishments that they will be remembered, but because of the small things, the day-to-day things, the manner in which they lived, and the ways that they showed love, inspired by their faith in Jesus Christ. That's what matters. That's what lasts. That's what makes one a saint. Our scripture reading for today is from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Many of Paul's letters are addressed to churches that he himself founded, where he had spread the gospel and, and stayed for some time and knew all of the people personally. Colossae is not one of them. The church in Colossae was probably founded by Epaphras, who Paul names a couple of times in this letter, and Paul indicates that Epaphras is with him at the time that he is writing. Paul doesn't know the Colossians personally. He has heard about them and and about their faith from Epaphras. Paul addresses the letter to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ in Colossae. In verse 4, he praises them for the love that you have for all the saints. In both of these cases, what Paul means by the word saints is not quite the same as how we generally use the word saint. He's not talking about dead people here. It wouldn't make any sense for him to write a letter addressed to a bunch of dead people. Neither would he be praising them for loving people who have already passed on to glory. Rather, he calls them the people to whom he is writing. He calls them saints. And he refers to other believers currently living in other parts of the world as saints. What makes these people living saints is not that they have done anything remarkable or world-changing or made a great name for themselves among the nations it's not that they have performed amazing miracles what makes these people living saints is their faith in jesus christ it really is as simple as that someone who believes in jesus christ for salvation and bears the fruit of that faith in their lives is a saint anyone anyone who believes in jesus christ for salvation and bears the fruit of that faith in their lives is a saint. If you believe in Jesus Christ for salvation and that faith is bearing fruit in your life, then you are a saint. You don't have to perform some spectacular feats. You don't have to produce unexplained miracles. You don't have to attain to some level of perfection. What you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ for salvation and bear the fruit of that faith. In your life, Paul says he is praying for these believers in Colossae. Listen to what he is praying for them. He says that ever since the day he heard about their faith in Christ, he has not ceased praying for them. First, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That is where sainthood begins. And by sainthood, I simply mean the Christian life. The knowledge of God's will, understanding God's intentions for us as his people in general and in our own particular lives, spiritual wisdom to know what is of God and what is not of God, to be given this understanding of God is the beginning of the Christian life of sainthood. But this knowledge and this understanding is not an end unto itself. It's leading us somewhere. Paul says he is praying that they will be blessed with this knowledge of God's will, spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that, he says, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work. So that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to Him. Can any of us claim to have done that? I know my life hasn't been fully pleasing to God. I mean, comparatively speaking, I'm doing pretty well, but fully pleasing to God? And who could possibly lead a life worthy of the Lord? None of us are worthy of the Lord. What Paul means, though... It's not that we have attained some level of perfection in this life, but that this is what we are striving for. If you say, I could never lead a life worthy of the Lord, so why bother trying? Or, I I couldn't possibly be fully pleasing to Him, so I might as well please myself. Then I don't yet have that spiritual wisdom and understanding that comes as a gift of God's grace through faith. When I have saving faith, then I am striving with all I've got to lead a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Never mind that I might never quite get there. Never mind that I I might not even get close. My faith in God and my love for all the saints compels me to try and to live by His grace in all of my ways. And by doing that, if I am trusting in Christ. For that sanctifying grace and living accordingly, bearing fruit in good works, that is precisely what it means to live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. But that still is not the end. The sentence goes on, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God as you grow in the knowledge of God. But wait a minute, I I thought that it was the knowledge of God that kicked this whole thing off in the first place. Wasn't I already blessed with the knowledge of God's will and spiritual wisdom and understanding? Yes, indeed. But I've not yet been blessed with the full knowledge of God, and I never will be as long as I'm in this life. But if I am living the Christian life, then I will grow in that knowledge day by day, year by year, as God brings me by His sanctifying grace ever closer and closer to the full stature of Christ. Yes, we have been blessed with the knowledge of God's will, but none of us has God all figured out. I don't trust anyone who claims that they haven't changed in any of their beliefs since they first became a Christian. God did not give you the full and final revelation of himself in all things the first day you believed. He gave you as much as you could handle and grasp at the time. As you go on in your Christian walk, he continues to reveal himself more and more. You continue to understand better and better. You grow in the knowledge of God. And that puts us right back to where we began. The knowledge of God's will leading to lives that are ever more worthy of God's calling on us. Ever more pleasing to the Lord. Bearing even more abundant fruit. Leading to an even deeper knowledge of God. And on and on it goes. It's not being at the fully perfected end of that journey that makes one a saint. It's being in that process of sanctification that makes one a saint. Sanctification that comes only as a gift of grace and only by faith in Jesus Christ, who is our perfection, the one who makes us worthy of the Lord and fully pleasing to him. There does come a time, though, there does come a time when that perfection comes, when sanctification is complete. There's one other time in this passage from Colossians that Paul uses the word saint, and this time he uses it the same way that we usually use it, and we use it on All Saints Sunday. Verse 12, giving thanks to God the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Who are these saints in the light, who have received the inheritance that we are to share? Are they not the ones who even now dwell in the light of Christ's glorious presence in heaven? Are they not the ones who have passed from this life with all of its difficulties and struggles and sorrows and have now received the reward promised to all who live and die in the faith of Jesus Christ? Are they not even those whose names we have read and honored this morning, whose lives showed forth their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had been given the knowledge of God's will, spiritual wisdom, and understanding. They led lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, not because they were perfect, but because they believed, and so they strove to be Faithful to Him. They bore fruit in their lives through good works done in faith. And they continued to grow in the knowledge of God day by day, year by year, until their time in this life was at an end, and God took them to that place of complete perfection, where they can see clearly, they can see God clearly even as they have been seen by Him. Where they can know God Fully, even as they have been fully known. Where they can love perfectly, even as they have been perfectly loved. These are the saints in the light. And Paul says that we, we, the saints of this world, we have been enabled by the Father to share in their inheritance. Because he has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I love that phrase, transferred transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. We've been transferred, moved from one reality into another. God has rescued us from the power of darkness, taken taken us out of that place of, of living apart from him, and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Notice that this is a transfer that has already taken place. It's not a transfer that will happen in the future when we die, though there is some truth to that too. When we die, we are taken out of this world and transferred into heaven, and what a glorious transfer that will be. But that is not when we are transferred into God's kingdom. We are transferred into God's kingdom the moment we believe. He has rescued us from the power of darkness already when we believed, when God revealed the truth of the gospel to us, giving us that knowledge of his will, spiritual wisdom and understanding. We were that moment saved from the power of darkness. And if our place is no longer with the powers of darkness, then where is our place? What is our identity? He has transferred us already. From the moment you are saved, it is done. Transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, along with all of the saints in the light. We are not yet in the same place as them, but that is our true home. We may not be shining with them in glory yet, but that is the place to which we are going. That is our inheritance. That is our promise from God. That is the reality in which we live now. When you believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, live by His grace, bear fruit by His name, then your true identity is no longer as a sinner of this world, but as a saint of God's kingdom. When we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion, as we will in just a moment, we celebrate in union with all of God's saints, those here on earth and those already in heaven. We are all one in the same body of Christ, promised the very same inheritance, a place in God's eternal kingdom, shining alongside all of the saints in the light of Christ's glory. That is the hope that we celebrate this day and every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, thanks be to God. I invite you now to join with me in the prayer of the great thanksgiving as we prepare to receive The Sacrament of Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses. God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all of your saints, especially those whom we have named here this day and whom we lift to you in our hearts. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory as yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. If you would now take the bread, the body of Christ broken for you, take and eat in remembrance of him. And the juice, the cup of salvation, poured out in the blood of Jesus Christ, take and drink in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Precious Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have once again given of yourself to us. Thank you for that sacrifice that you made for us so that we could be your holy people, so that we could be your saints, so that we could share with all of your children that inheritance that you have promised for us, laid up in heaven. We pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able for our closing hymn, which is in the hymnals at number 733, Marching to Zion.